This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're suffering, please call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode about codependency and control. And um, this is for anyone who wants to look at where maybe they are, maybe you feel like you might be a codependent or you know you're a codependent and you are managing feelings around another person and controlling them. And this is really about how to identify that process because I think truly when we kind of get into that habitual state of being, um, it keeps us stuck and it also removes enjoyment from our life experience. So if anyone is feeling like they are a controller, quote unquote, um, meaning you are the person who does all the things, you pull all the strings, you do all the planning, you make shit happen in your relationship, but you're also hyper-focused on what another person in your life does or does not do. And before I go more into this episode, I just want to introduce the idea that this all may be happening for you um, very much because you want a person in your life or a situation in your life to be different than it is. Because I, I think a lot of the loop that we go through is very much wishing something was different and resisting acceptance because controlling is like a mechanism that we developed long ago to give us a way out of experiencing something that's really painful and or terrifying or overwhelming. So because of that, controlling as a habit is very tied to resisting feelings. And so what that means in day-to-day terms is you might notice that this habit comes up for you when other old feelings come up or feelings of less than, feelings of, of powerlessness or feelings of dissatisfaction, feeling invisible. So by that, I mean, if you notice yourself start to jump on someone else about what they are, are or not or are not doing right, or those things suddenly start to bug you, it would be kind of like your way of feeling effective in your life. Um, or it's it, it might just come up when you're feeling upset. Suddenly there's this inner controller that comes out and you start needing others to bend to your will. And the reason I'm doing this episode, I think <clears throat> I've had several requests in this area, but um, I got a lot out of talking with Byron Katie last week or two weeks ago. And one thing that resonated most was this idea that we can put down feelings we have toward another person when we start thinking they should or should not do one thing or another, like that those actual feelings that we have in response are optional to us. 
And when we can see that, that we have that decision, it's such a big relief. We can actually, we're suddenly open to all these other solutions that were previously out of reach to us. So all of the pain and suffering we have around feeling that another person should act a certain way, should feel a certain way, or should express a certain thing in a certain way, we can step back from that thought and need and say to ourselves, is that true? Do they have to do it that way? Maybe maybe that's not true. And what happens in that simple step back is we get a chance to see reality and accept something as truth and and see that another person has their own decision and um and we lose all of that energy of resistance which is so draining you know all that energy around wanting reality to be different is exhausting and when we let go of that energy it's like it's it just helps us to make better decisions. It makes us to, to really witness the world and be free of all that responsibility. And when we can live in that acceptance, um, of who others are and the choices others make and really step back from that process of trying to, to make people different, we are, it's like we have all this new energy that's freed up and we have so, we can put down so much resent. So it's a very long introduction to this episode. Um, But as with all of my episodes, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. So I wanted to start by giving a brief description of what codependency is in my own words and how it can um, bring relief in your life to step back from it. So I would say it's a default tendency to focus on the thoughts and feelings of others more than those of ourselves. So feeling the feelings for others on their behalf over our own feelings and heavily investing in the responses of others. So having expectations around the actions, thoughts, and feelings of others, so much so that we tend to imagine what they are thinking and feeling all the time and playing out what's going to happen next. And so we look at the other person as kind of uh, a love spigot to be turned on and off whenever we want that love. And we are are never not the person in control of that spigot. So it's it's not so much an equal partnership of open gift giving. It's more of us behind the scenes turning on the spigot of love and then turning it off and turning it on and turning it off. And by spigot, I mean... We learn them and we do what we need to do to control them and and all with the aim of getting out of them what we desperately crave, which is love, attention, attachment, and safety, but all on our own terms. And so what do I mean by control? What do I mean by controlling a person? I mean doing everything for them and having a lopsided relationship. So that might mean you are paying for them, you're doing all the planning of things, you are at their beck and call, you're cleaning for them, cleaning up for them, doing their bills for them, there for them at a drop of a hat, and asking nothing or very little in return. So it's, even though it's this kind of short end of the stick kind of arrangement, we we are so comfortable in this position because this is how we feel the most safe and effective. 
because of just a history of being in this position. So we are the ones in control because we are pulling all the strings, facilitating all of the things, anticipating somebody else's needs and meeting them, meeting those needs whenever we know they are going to arise. So what happens is we are unconsciously always strategizing around this this arrangement. We are, quote, mind reading and deciding what we will do as a result of the other person's actions or feelings. However, because this is all done in our mind and we're not really consulting them, we are very often wrong. And what we are scripting in our heads is inaccurate, but we don't realize that. And so when their actions do not align with what we expect, we feel confused, upset, wronged, enraged, unloved, or abandoned. So it's kind of like this this loop sets up where we're constantly trying harder and harder to get the love and doing all the things and saying like, but now now it's my turn for the love. Why aren't you giving me the love? And we just keep doubling down. And what that does is it creates this very, what I call it is like a morphed warped yin yang shape of a relationship where one side's too big on this side the other side's too little on that side and both people are become kind of reliant on that system although neither are ever fully satiated by it which brings me to part two the why at the core this is a uh, a method of self-protection like what we are trying to do is keep ourselves safe And the safest place to be is, you know, puppeting the strings. We can make others do what we want and be reliant on us. And that gives us the most control over what's going to happen, over their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. So it's kind of like a set of tactics um, that were developed pretty early on in life that allowed us to feel like we had some sense of autonomy in the world or some sense of power in the world when we really had not a lot of power. And what this looks like in practical terms, as I said, is a lot of us doing lots and lots of work, doing unasked for favors, uh, chores, planning things, giving thing, giving more than the other person's giving, and all with that expectation around the love spigot. And we, in that role, think we are thinking and feeling all of the the things that are going on there in their body but it is not accurate and it is a very unhealthy contract because in that imbalance one person is being inactive and helpless and the other person is overworking and extending themselves and nobody wants either of those roles it does not reward you it does not make you feel like a valuable person to not have, you know, adult roles in your life. It also doesn't make you feel like a valuable person if you're doing everything for another person and they're doing nothing in return. So both people end up feeling more and more need and lack in response to this arrangement. And also, if you are the person who is giving of self nonstop, like you are the caregiver, quote unquote, you are placing yourself in a in a very precarious position position because you are making your happiness contingent on somebody else's actions and whenever your happiness is is reliant 
on somebody, something outside of you, it means that that thing that's outside of you can take you down so hard if it doesn't come through. So it's never a good, it's never a good thing to put all of your eggs in an external basket. And each person in this arrangement will feel confused. Why is this not working? I'm doing all the things. Why am I not working? Why is this not working? I did everything for this person. Why are they not appreciating me? It's like you keep hitting your head against the wall. Like, why is this relationship not doing what I want it to do? I'm putting in all this work. And instead of asking, tuning in and asking ourselves, in whatever situation it is, am I okay with this? Does this align with my values? Does this align with all of the things I hold to be sacred? Instead, we're just looking at them. We're, we're looking for answers in another person. We're asking, what are they thinking? Are they mad at me? Aren't they happy because I did X, Y, and Z? And when you are always looking at someone else's feelings, you really drift away from yourself and what you actually want. It's like we stop checking whether or not our life is okay with us. And instead, we're just managing what is directly in front of us. We're managing the person in front of us. We're managing all of the things we have to plan. And whenever we're, we're just focused on the external, we're really not seeing the big picture. Instead, we're scripting. We are, when we are controlling, we are spending a lot of time and energy on making things be the way we want them to be. And I, I often refer to this habit of being as like a game of dolls or a board game because it's like we have this little miniature version of something and we're controlling all the pieces and we're spending a lot of time making them all perfect and we're giving them like the, you're saying this and you're saying this. And we think that it's all real life when in reality, it's just like a super elaborate preoccupation. And we don't realize it, but it's this illusion we've created of control. It gives us a feeling of control, but it's not reality. In reality, we, when we go into this habit, we are disconnected from the highest truth. Because in that preoccupation, we are resisting truth. So what is the goal? Uh, what's the, the being goal? As, as far as this is concerned, as far as codependency affecting you and your habits in life, I would say this is going to sound really weird. It's going to sound really selfish, but it's not. The goal is to do everything in your life solely based on your highest truth and really tuning in and asking what that truth is. And it exists. You can't change it. You can't force it to be different than it is. It just exists. And whatever action you take, you have to do based on your values, what you want for you based on your truth. And you have to do it no strings attached, you know? It, even if you're getting nothing in return, you have to make your decisions from that place. And when you decide your actions separate from what anyone else will do, just that simple change gives them back their dignity and it gives you back your freedom. And it also allows you to really embrace reality and see it for what it is. And what this looks like in practical terms is you do something because it makes you feel 
good about yourself. You do something because it aligns with what you value and hold to be important in the world. You do something because it makes you feel good for having done it that way. And you let go. You let go of the outcome. Always. You have to assume you know nothing about what others think and feel and constantly stop yourself from reading the minds of others, for thinking for them at all, for anticipating what they're going to say or do. Or, you know, sometimes you do accurately anticipate them. You have to even talk yourself out of that. Because what happens is when we get so wrapped up in what another person is thinking or feeling, we just, it's really hard not to go into that controller role where you can't stop filling out the rest of the blanks that come after that. You know what I mean? So depending on your situation, I'm just going to give you an example. You might have a controller mode that is triggered by certain signals. Like let's say it's a signal that they are angry or a signal that they are using something or a signal that they are flirting with some other person, a signal that they are withholding some piece of information, whatever it is. In that moment... That's when we start to get the spins. That's when controllers start to go into, oh, I'm going to make them do this action because I can tell that they're going to X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is, the moment you start to notice yourself go into that controlling the future mindset, you have to teach yourself to pause the moment that that starts to happen. Pause and watch yourself. Just observe what's going on in your body. See that energy. And then step back. Remind yourself, this is a a signal. I need to go inward. This is my cue. I need to start focusing on myself. And it's like as soon as I recognize that energy in my body, I ask, how can I help myself to ground? How can I double down on me and taking care of myself? Step back and tune inward. So with that... Here are some tools. If any of this is ringing any bells for you and resonates, here are some tools for you in particular. And before I go into the tools, here is a brief word from our sponsors. All right, the first tool is called What Energy Do You Present With? And I just wanted to ask you this question as of today, right now. Just observe yourself. Observe what you're wearing, your energy, your attitude, your perspective. Are you excited and energized? Are you full of life and inner beauty? I just want you to really notice whatever it is, where, wherever you are. And I'm all, only bringing that up because when we get into the energy of more than enough, really feeling worthy, this is how we can really see who we are. This is how we can really see and feel ourselves as separate and autonomous and powerful beings. So I just wanted to bring that gentle reminder to, if you're not there, ask, how can I shift my energy? Because what we really want to be always is that I own my power, I own my presence, and I am bountiful. And That is how we show someone else our own value too. It's like that's how we create that healthy line between us and them. When we are in the non-reactive, non-pulling, non-less-than-non-needy place, when we are really feeling 
excited and energized and really all about ourselves. So that's the first tool. Second tool is just a gentle, I guess it's kind of too long to be a mantra, but it's, no, I don't need them to do that thing at all. So whenever you start to get invested in somebody doing a particular thing, I think a lot of the time we get so set on a certain outcome. I really want that other person to do blank. I really want them to feel blank. I really want them to give me blank. Just in that desperate energy, remind yourself to step back and say, you know, if they don't, that is just fine too. And that is the truth. I think one thing that's hard to really hold on to is like you will be fine in whatever outcome there is you don't need x y and z to happen you don't need that person to feel the way you think they should feel and all we have to do is really remind ourselves of that truth you will be fine you will you will not fall apart if the opposite happens than you want to have happen all that does just that simple step back all it does is remind you that you don't have control and you will be okay no matter what. And it allows you mentally to practice that happening so that whatever outcome does occur, you will feel it in a way that is much more tolerable. I think when we are in the energy of resistance and like, I hope this won't happen. I hope blank, blank, blank doesn't happen. That is the thing that actually makes the pain occur in the anticipation of it. And also it's like we're getting ourselves upset before so that we will be so upset when the thing we don't want to have happen happens. So if we can just teach ourselves out of that, I don't know, training ourselves to be upset part of it, it's like we actually don't really get as upset. It's it's not as bad as you think it will be. All right, the next tool is I'm calling the inventory. So this is a, uh, I guess I'm more of a journal entry or journal prompts. As codependents, we often take on more responsibility for others than we should. So I want you to just look inward and and scan your life for any areas where you are doing so. Like anytime you are taking on more responsibility, you are overstepping in someone else's life and ask yourself like what am I what am I robbing them of? And really see it from that vantage point. Because I think a lot of the time when we take on this martyr role, we think like, I do everything for them. They should be so grateful. I'm such a catch. Like we, we feel it as something that they owe us. When in reality, we are, uh, we are preventing somebody from a healthy sense of empowerment and self-satisfaction, self-efficacy, autonomy, etc. So... The goal, as fucked up as it sounds, is if they are going to do something late or not as well, the goal is allowing them the dignity of doing so. So just this is my short rule of thumb, times for overstepping, quote unquote, or coddling or taking over for someone include when someone is sick, when someone is mourning, when someone is helpless, and when someone really needs help because they are temporarily incapacitated and will resume healthy functioning after a an acceptable amount of time. So we're talking short term, you know, but we have to allow somebody the, the ability to take care of themselves and, and we can't take that from them. 
And I think that, you know, a lot of the time when we do that, when we overstep and take over responsibilities for somebody else, it's because we are actually manipulating by making our needs nil and making ourselves indispensable. It's like almost like, you know, if you think about like if you you are during a war and you are a, a captive, you would by default try and make it so that people don't want to get rid of you because that is how you survive. So if you become a person with no needs, who does all the things that anyone could ever want, of course they would want to keep you around. So it's it's much, I would say, makes us feel if we have self low self-worth issues, to be in this role makes us feel comfortable and less anxious because we feel like we're, we're earning our keep. And I mean, let's just reverse it for a second. If you were in a relationship where somebody was doing everything for you, being fully present and had like, was, was your equal and you were not giving all these things to them, I would guess that would be very stressful. It would feel confrontational. At least for me, it, bring, it would bring up feelings of, well, what do I have to offer? I don't have anything. Like it triggers feelings of not enough to not be in this role of giving too much. So all of these things are, are what we are slowly teaching ourselves to, to tolerate. And then we actually can authentically be a person who has self-worth. It's just like we have to practice the things that people who have self-worth do. And then it becomes us. All right, the next tool, the prison on the island of loops. <laughs> so this is like a weird visual I have for you. It's like you're on an island in the middle of uh, the tropics and the, on this island you constantly are in the same loop of uh, one specific situation that doesn't, it never ends. And imagine that it's just what a hell, what an awful place to be. So when we go through a loop in our relationships. It's fucking miserable, right? It's like the worst when you go through the same exact fight, the same exact conflict. It makes both people feel completely powerless, hopeless, confused because we're in our own minds. We're thinking, I'm doing all the things right and why can't they see me? So whatever it is, imagine, let's say, the next time to get out of this prison of loops, Whatever the conflict you have with this person you have a relationship with, I don't know if it's a family member, a friend, partner, whatever the thing is you want them to do or you think they should do, imagine just seeing them as not the person that wants things that way. Like just see them as that. They are not a person that wants to say things that way, who can do things that way. It is not, it's just not who they are. And in that just tweak of just really embracing who they are, which is not the thing you want, what does that change? What does that, how does that alter your specific fight loop? What you might find is there's something that's, there's a real problem and it's a painful awareness to have. But what happens when you visit that awareness is you have new opportunities you have you can force big changes to happen or you can have big conversations that allow you to hear their side of it what i'm saying is when you voluntarily really accept 
that their side is valid too, that they don't need to be the person that you want them to be. It's like we are suddenly in a completely different version of reality and some real power comes about when we just simply accept what is. It's like then we are we break free of the prison loop of begging, of wishing, of demanding. And there's this new version of your, your story that you can now open up to. And it's like we almost have to put down our script of this is unfair, they need to do blank, um, they, I'm owed blank, whatever it is. It's like when we can just put that down, we can just, I don't know, it's all of a sudden like we can accept who they are and then decide what we truly want to do based on that information. It's just a different, it's a whole different ballgame. All right, next tool is a mantra. It's for getting into the minds of others. And the mantra is, I'm probably wrong. And it's, it's a hard thing to, to try on sometimes because if you've grown up being a mind reader or a person that can read people really well, you probably think I am a thousand percent accurate in what I am thinking they are thinking. But just tr- keep practicing it. I am probably wrong. Because you likely are. It's like we think we only think we are the best mind readers. But the truth is you have it's not your jurisdiction to go into the minds of others. It's not your job to read their mind. And that's a good thing. That's not your property. That's not your place. It's not your job to read their mind. And we can decide everything we need to do from outside of their heads and just based on objective information. Nothing more than that. Uh, Additional mantra, let go and let God or let go and let good. And that's just the same type of idea. It's not your job to solve for everything. And what a blessing that is. Just remind yourself, like, I don't have to solve for the future. I don't have to solve for everything everybody else is going to do. All I have to do is be in today right now and accept I'm powerless. Let go. All right. The next tool, this is a tool for anyone who is in a relationship with an addict um, or perhaps somebody who is has any kind of uh, addiction problems or has in the past. Our actions are our decisions. And I just remind you of that because what we say with our words matters very little. What we do with our bodies is everything. So if you are saying to somebody else in your life, like, hey, don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I'm not going to take blah, blah, blah. That is not the same thing as enforcing a boundary and removing access to yourself or whatever situation with actions. So that's it. Our actions are our decisions. And same goes for that other person. Whatever they do with their actions is the only thing that exists. The words matter little. And the, the words just show you like aspirations more than anything else, but it doesn't really matter when it comes to this type of situation. And my last tool, the truth exists. So this is really just embracing the powerlessness piece of this because what you want truly already exists. It's just something that we have to recognize and honor 
Our job is not to solve that. It's really just to get out of the way of it so we can witness it. And that is how we really start to tune in and respect our own boundaries. Like when you have a boundary, it's in you. It's part of you. It exists. Our job is simply to respect it and not betray it. Which brings me to a tool that I realized I skipped over somehow, which is values. I really think it's important for us all to recognize our own value system and what we think is important and also recognize any areas in our relationships where we are are betraying our own value system. I think when we have like very codependent relationships or relationships where we are very much the the puppet master, we stop recognizing that we are the perpetrators of betraying what we think is really important in other people. So I would just invite you to journal on that in particular. What are the values I hold dear and sacred in other people? And what are areas where I am not honoring those values for myself? It's just an accountability exercise. So those are my tools. I hope these are helpful. And before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. I am so grateful for you. I have so many new sponsors. Orlando, thank you so very much for your donation. And Esteban, thank you so very much. And Reina or Rana, thank you so very much for your donation. Catherine, thank you so much for your donation. And Corin, a new continuing sponsor. And Loretta, a donation from you. Thank you so much. Anyone who has the means, donations very much help out this show. If you don't, I totally get it. If you could leave a review on iTunes, that helps me as well. And in closing, if you are a person who is using controlling others as a means to avoid, and I don't know, accepting something that's in your life or ignoring issues that might be present, I will guess that this... It's just taking up a whole lot of time and energy. And when we can put down these habits and really just start to practice acceptance and just witnessing what is, witnessing who another person is, accepting it, it's like what we, what we recognize is what we recognize is whatever we were afraid of was not that bad or we are actually so capable of dealing with whatever that thing is way more than we might have worried we were not you know sometimes these habits are just so trained into us and we think I can't possibly let them do whatever they want or I can't possibly accept the things that aren't working in my life or I can't possibly deal with my feelings of low self-worth but in reality yes you can and I would guess that now you are ready because you have a thirst for this information and it's already in you. It's like the change has already sought out the means and really it's an organic process of unfolding. So what happens when you step back from this habit of relating to another person is you realize life gets easier. It gets lighter. Things get so simple. And that, and that state when you're really just stepping back from what's not your job, you're able to make better decisions because you're, you're more connected to the big picture versus scrutinizing the tiny minutia of whatever conflict is in front of you. And, and when you can step back, you don't have to 
worry so much. You don't have to waste so much energy solving for possible futures. Instead, you're just able to live in now and what is and where you are and what you want. And what a gift. What a gift to know. It's not my job to solve blank. What a gift. And you are also really able to see yourself as a glorious separate being with their shit going on and your own life and your own everything. Hallelujah. And now that you see that, there's so much possibility that opens up. So I hope this is helpful. I hope it all made sense. And I send you my love. Smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.